In this episode of The Full Nerd, all ray tracing, all the time. GeForce Now on Chromebook, RTX 3090 rumors, and Intel Z. Welcome to The Full Nerd, episode 148. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Willis Lai is controlling the vertical and horizontal. Hello, hello. Today, it's all about ray tracing. GeForce Now on Chromebooks, running ray tracing. GeForce 3090 rumors with ray tracing. And Intel Z with ray tracing. But wait, Gordon, I thought ray tracing was a fad. Yeah, it's not, it's not gonna be real, right? <laughs> not gonna be real. So everybody's got it now. Even Chromebooks, which is, we're gonna kick that off with first. Uh, if you go to PCWorld.com, I wrote a story this morning on, uh, Nvidia's long-awaited GeForce Now, finally running on Chromebooks. They've talked about this, I guess, since the early years ago, when they first talked to us about, uh, GeForce Now on Macs and PCs. Mm-hmm. It says, yeah, we do have plans for Chromebooks, but it's going to take some time. Today is the day, even on a crappy, I looked on an Acer Chromebook 14 with the Celeron N. That's basically a Braswell Atom processor. I was playing Control with RTX turned up to high. You can see the screenshot proof on the story, but you can run ray tracing, run ray tracing on a laptop while on a Chromebook. With, with GeForce Now, um, of course, for people who don't know the news, don't know what it is, GeForce Now is a streaming service. It competes with Stadia. It competes with, is there any other streaming service that really, I think mostly just Stadia at this point Shadow. on the PC. Yeah, Shadow, but the two biggies, the two, the two giants right now are Google and Nvidia. GeForce Now has been out for some time on Mac and PC earlier this year, came out of beta. Now it's on Chromebooks. Basically free tier. You can play about an hour. You get bumped off, join again. And then there's also a uh, Founders Edition version, five bucks a month. Gets you more than an hour generally. It's not unlimited because mm-hmm. sometimes they do have to boot people. Sometimes you do have to wait. But the big thing is you get to play your Steam, uh, Ubi, Uplay, and Epic Games and other markets. They said they, they might even add uh, GOG at some point. They're looking at all the markets. They they basically said, we're not a closed garden. We're open to adding anybody. They let you play the games you already own mm-hmm. on your Chromebook. Which is awesome. Which is ridiculous. Chromebooks never had anything like that. Stadia even. Google runs Stadia. Google manages Chromebooks. Stadia is basically, I've, I've said it again again, like a console in the cloud. Like, you can't bring over your existing games. you got to rebuy every game new. Uh, GeForce Now, like, you can hop into Fortnite. You can hop into Dota 2. You can hop into, you know, every all those big free-to-play games. You can start playing them right now on your Chromebook. That's excellent in a time when so many kids are buying Chromebooks or being given Chromebooks to do work right now. Like, I think this is a monumental release. Yeah, no, it's a big deal for Chromebook owners who want to have real gaming. I know, obviously, there is internet gaming on a Chromebook. It's not great gaming. Um, I know there have been hacks to load Linux and run Minecraft on on uh, Chromebooks before, but this is, again, I was playing Control. I used a, an Xbox 360 controller. Yes, I do own one. In fact, Landon gave it to me like eight years ago, <laughs> and 
I played uh, Rocket League on a Chromebook. I tested it on a uh, Pixelbook Go, which is a very expensive Chromebook at 650 Pretty nice, though. But I also tested it on a very old Acer uh, Chromebook 14. Still on sale for about 260 bucks. I saw it for 115 used or something like that. Again, it's got a seller on N in it um, because all of the rendering is done in the cloud. It's done on NVIDIA servers and then spit out to your Chromebook. So you really don't need to have very beefy uh, system requirements for it. I'm actually curious to hear you talk about uh, the network requirements because I love GeForce Now on PCs, but in my experience, you definitely get a better experience with it you know, hardwired, and that's not always an option for Chromebooks. So I was wondering how that went. Yeah, so I just tried it, you know, on on the on the Pixelbook. It was great because you get all the most modern Wi-Fi and all this stuff. I also tried it on that Chromebook. On they recommend Nvidia does recommend five gigahertz. They also recommend a minimum of 25, 25 megabit download. Uh, I actually found in my experience at seven twenty p, it was about fifteen megs uh, for the stream. They definitely recommend five gigahertz. They also have recommended routers. The routers that I am running which there's also a story on PC World on right now. They're not on the approved list, but, you know, I'm running a, a, a gigabit uh, backhaul, so I have decent, I have pretty decent uh, it's uh, performance. Uh, my internet itself is not great compared to what people can get today, but it's probably far better than the majority of people that do own Chromebooks, which is uh, 100 megabit down and 20 megabits up. So, Man, that's a lot better than mine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, because I look at people that I know that have, you know, gigabit fiber and all kinds of crazy, you know, and, they, you know, there's you can get Comcast up to gigabit. There's all kinds of really, really awesome high-speed plans, but uh, I don't have that right now. But it was perfectly fine on that Chromebook. I played, you know, a few rounds to take screenshots, and I... I I would say I was pretty happy. You know, I'm I'm not a competitive Rocket League player by any stretch, but if if from going from playing JavaScript or you know Flash games, we can't run them anymore. But you know, basically those kind of you know I don't want to say lowbrow, but they're basically gaming that is not exactly you know high high ambition to be able mm-hmm. to play Rocket League with a controller, Xbox controller plugged in. I'd be pretty happy, especially if I was a kid and somebody handed me a $200, you know, Chromebook and what are you going to do, right, when mm-hmm. you have downtime? And it's, it was actually, I was, I was very impressed because I have not actually tried, uh, GeForce Now since about February when I had gone down to Austin to see AMD. I was in, in the hotel room. I said, Hey, you know, my kid was bored who had come down with me to visit his friend and, he wanted. To, I was like, "Why don't you play some games?" So I, because I want to see how it would run on hotel Wi-Fi. Hotel Wi-Fi is not great. You're no. definitely not going to be getting, you know, 25 megabits down, and uh, it, it just wasn't a great experience. It was okay, and I, I do wonder if it would be cool if uh, Nvidia would say recommend certain games. Like, you know what? You've got a lousy internet connection. You really don't want to be playing these games that. You just basically, yep. you're just you're just the target. You're a bullet sponge for everybody. You should play a game that really does not depend on massive amounts of you know bandwidth and, and stellar latency. So, you know, single player games with that that are like turn based almost. You know, that's the uh, GeForce Now in general, right? Like you can play Rocket League and stuff like that, but 
you probably wouldn't want to play Quake Arena or whatever on there. Like, something crazy like that. You, they do yeah. actually a remarkably good job. I don't know about the Chromebook version, because I haven't had a chance to play with that yet. Uh, yeah. But on the on the actual laptops and stuff, uh, they actually have surprisingly good latency. Latency, uh, you know, you can play most games that aren't Twitch shooters pretty well. Yeah. Are you so your internet's not great, but you're happy playing on your internet as well? Yeah, I can. Uh, it depends how far I go in the house. I need to get a mesh router, but you know, if I'm within decent distance of my Wi-Fi router, uh, I have Comcast Basic Home Internet, which I think is. 60 gigs down and uh, five up. Five up. So, I mean, it's the basic one, though. It's like literally the cheapest one you can buy. And it it works fine. So, yeah. Yeah, that upload speeds don't seem to make that much of a difference. I was looking at the, you know, bandwidth while I was on the router, uh, not Mm -hmm. on the Chromebook, because you can't really easily monitor that and play a game at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um,. What other other things are very interesting about the bandwidth? So definitely have, you know, 25 megabits down. And that's for 720p gaming. Uh, they're saying, you know, 50 if you want to run, uh, I think it's, no, wait, 35? Gosh, I could get a look at the story. But it's definitely more if you want to do 1080p 60 frames a second. Mm-hmm. And they also recommend, you know, the, the client on, on Chromebook does let you, you know, pick the resolution you want to run at, and you can also pick the server you want to run on, but to be honest, I left it all on auto. I think for most people who are going to try to play GeForce Now on a Chromebook, you're going to want to let um, their servers manage it, because yep. if you're going to go in and try to crank the res up, it's it's not going to be great for you, right? I mean, it seems like yep. you're more likely to run into problems than to mess with that. I would probably rather just rely on, on it's like YouTube. You don't want to go in and kind of mess with YouTube most of the time. You just sort of let it figure it out. Most of the yep. time, not always. And so it's also basically, it's, you know, it is all, it is, is all, pl- it's not a plugin based. It's basically based on WebRTC, which is an open, I'm trying to describe this correctly, an open framework for peer to peer streaming. Mm-hmm. So it would be used for. It's the same Zoom. thing that a lot of video, app, video apps use. Yeah, a lot of video apps, uh, I guess Zoom uses a little bit of it, but they have their own sort of special sauce. But, uh, again, uh, it runs on a lot of hardware. Uh, NVIDIA actually has a very short list, which if you go to my story, you can see what the list is. I was actually surprised because the min spec for GeForce Now is a lot higher than what I was able to run it on. And also some of the laptops that, some of the Chromebooks that NVIDIA said you can run it on. So they, they basically say, yeah, you need core, <laughs> four gigs of RAM. And um, there's also a OS requirement, which I'll get into later. But if you basically have a, you know, Core i3, Core i5, Core i7, you know, certain generation and 4 gigs of RAM, you can run it. But then they had on their list uh, a lot of uh, Braswell and, uh, you know, N-Class, Celeron, Pentium-based Chromebooks. Even has a rock chip. They even, yeah, they had a, a rock chip, uh, uh, what is it, the... Op one or something? Well, yeah, I forget. Yeah. And definitely four gigs. None of them went under. I looked at all the specs that they listed. None of them went under four gigs of RAM. So a lot of those very early Chromebooks came with two gigs. Some of those really low end ones in the early, early days. I was talking to Melissa, who's our Chromebook expert, and she says, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard to find a Chromebook with less than four gigs these days. 
Nvidia said it's not like it really you don't really need a lot of RAM to run this, but it helps to have you know four gigs because there are other things going on in the system. Um, and again, they said that most of it this is not the CPU or doing or GPU doing all of the traditional rendering of the game and physics. This really is about that actual CPU's ability to decode the stream. And also, sense. and they also, some parts of it, there's a limiting factor is also how well it handles the voice chat. Cause they actually do have voice chat, uh, supported in GeForce Now for some of the games, but it's not exactly easy to get to. You definitely would have to do a search for voice chat on GeForce Now, but they say like, it's not recommended on some laptops. Some laptops, the, you know, the, the decode's just not fast enough that they don't recommend it. I was surprised some of them, they're actually core chips but look like mostly you know low power core chips as well but mm-hmm. um nvidia basically said look this is a list of chromebooks and it only looks like maybe there's 12 of them but you know again arm some atom based i still call them atom some atom based celeron pentium and then core they said right now it's actually really hard even for nvidia to get chromebooks so they will get AMD based Chromebooks, they will get other Chromebooks that are out there and they will be testing them and adding them to their list. They said it's very much like uh, with the original Mac uh, launch of GeForce Now. They just, they had a very limited list of hardware they had tested it on that they could say, yeah, it's okay to go. And then as they got more Macs, they added more of those to the list. So. But the cool thing about all this is, yes, it's hard to get Chromebooks right now. It's because I'm assuming so many kids and workers are getting them. Uh, but GeForce Now, you can play it totally free. Like I was saying earlier, you can sign up for a free account, and they'll boot you off after an hour, and you gotta jump back into the queue. It's not a big deal. Uh, so you can sign up for GeForce Now for free, and just go to the site, and see if it works on yours. No harm, no foul. If it doesn't, then, oh well, it doesn't. That's kind of disappointing, but you're not out any skin, you're not out any money. Yeah. Nothing like that. Yeah, it was interesting. During the uh, briefing on this yesterday morning, somebody asked, do you think NVIDIA could possibly work with uh, distance learning, some schools, so maybe using gaming on Chromebooks as a, a learning tool? <laughs> it's pretty funny because the PM's like, uh, actually, I think some schools may want us to figure out a way to turn off. Yeah. <laughs> GeForce Now, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, maybe you could like, like, this is a feature you sell to schools to just block, like, you log in, because I, I will say a lot of schools are using, you know, uh, Google, whatever, the Google products for schools on Chromebooks, because it's huge in K-12, but maybe they can have a way to, like, disable GeForce Now while you're in school or something like that. <laughs> the but, Chromebook my kid got from school actually won't let you go to any website that's not .edu or .gov. It's oh, really? Useless. Yeah, it's only for the strictest referencing possible. How do they do research for, I guess maybe a certain level. I gave her a laptop. Okay. (laughs) But I mean, how does the school expect, how does the school expect them to research any topics for school, I guess, but maybe. She's 10, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, but 10 (laughs) is about that age. You're still, you're still going to research anything your teacher's going to talk to you about. I mean, that's sort of the whole, you know, the the whole magic of the internet is, is all of humanity's Knowledge is available to you, unless you have a school-issued Chromebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, So, uh, 
that just popped in my head. Yeah. This is cool. I'm, I'm pumped for this. Uh, personally, as a person who my kids play games, I play games. I mean, I don't have infinite gaming laptops in my house, despite what you may think. This is my job. Uh, I have to return those. So I have, like, a gaming laptop, and I've been having to give it out so my kids can do their own stuff. So if they can start playing games on their Chromebook, because my other, my older kid has a Chromebook that'll run more stuff, uh, maybe I can start playing games in my living room again. And I am very excited about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool because, you know, I've always been somewhat, you know, I'm not sure. I know there are applications on PC. I'm always going to be about having that GPU in a box under my feet and that, you know, near light speed latency that we're used to rather than, mm-hmm. than stream gaming. But so I'm not, I never was really sort of totally sold on it for an actual PC gamer. Uh, Mac people, I understand because what are they going to do, right? And, mm-hmm. and for Chromebooks, I thought it was like, wow, this is actually going to be really cool because again, I was playing control on a Chromebook, you know, it was, yeah. and you can look at the screenshot. It had those, I will say, what I don't know. I mean, that, Lemon pledge they are putting on those floors in control <laughs> look pretty nice with the ray tracing on. So yeah, and a graphics card that could run that game costs more than that Chromebook probably does. So that's yeah, impressive. It's very exciting. Um, one thing I do want to warn you if you want to try it out, uh, OS seventy seven is the min spec, and that looks like to be the hard floor for support for GeForce Now and Chromebooks. I was looking on uh, the current Chromebooks, and I think they're up to 84, 80-ish. I have the original Chromebook CR48, no go. I think uh, Google abandoned it. Google's really good at abandoning Chromebooks at, like, 56. And then the original Pixel, which, again, is, like, in the 60s. So it, it did not... GeForce Now, I think, would run fine on the original Pixel, possibly. It, it would have been... Yeah. Yeah. If they weren't, but you have to have OS 77, but, um, and higher. So if you don't have sort of a more modern, if basically it feels like any Chromebook that is receiving OS updates should work with this, I think. I mean, it probably won't be great on some of the lower end Chromebooks. Again, they still have to, to validate a lot of them. But I think the problem is older Chromebooks with two gigs, and those are all probably aged out as well by now. Uh, they're, they're not just going to run it because, you don't have the OS support, probably. And I'm going to guess because they didn't do uh, WebRTC support in the OS until X point, whatever that they're using for GeForce now. So, Totally off topic, but I loathe how aggressively Google drops Chromebook support, especially when you... It's basically Chrome OS is Chrome, the browser, and sometimes you can run Android apps. Uh, and the Chrome browser could work on that older hardware because Google still maintains it on Windows, so you know it would work. Yeah. So I, I hate how aggressively they, they cut off support for Chromebooks, which is totally off topic, but I'm just, you know, while we're bashing on Google a little bit, let's bash on Google a little bit. No, I, I'm with you, Brad. I, it makes yeah. me really, really, would I, I will say, uh, I'm using a Pixelbook Go for testing for this. It's a beautiful Chromebook. It's like, wow, this is really nice. Uh, smooth touch. It's just like, wow, this is all put together. Would I ever recommend that somebody buy a $600 Chromebook that I know will basically abandon, be abandoned in five years after they buy it? It's like, it's like, yeah. you know what? You buy a MacBook Air, you buy a Windows, you buy HP, you buy Dell, Surface, whatever you buy. I can guarantee you, you will be getting OS, well, except for Apple. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> but I will say 
the vast majority of Apple and Windows PCs, 99.9% of them will be getting support in five years. Google, no. It's it's crazy to me how they just turn you off. And, and it's a real bummer, I think. Yeah, it's a vessel for a browser. That's what it is. And the, just keep the browser updated. Give it security patches. Not that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and to be fair to Google, I, I think some of that was pressure from PC makers because they said, yeah. like, you know what? We're not going to make these things f- for $200 and have people never buy one of our laptops again, right? Yeah. So yeah. why would we ever want to do that? Something that would kill us? We don't really believe in thin clients. If you want us to buy into this, you need to cut these things off at a certain time so at least people come back and buy another one. Yep. I That was sort of the original thought process on that, I, I think. Um, but then some of it's it's sort of Apple-esque in some ways because I can see it's always harder to take something away than it's always harder to take something away than to give it to them. So if you basically had Chrome OS running on the original CR48, which is a piece of trash, it's like an, it's a ten-year-old Chromebook, nine-year-old mm-hmm. Chromebook. You know, it's like a single core atom, dual core atom. It was terrible at the time. It's terrible now. If you let somebody run Chrome OS on that, how do you ever move forward? And this is yep. the problem that that Microsoft has, because Microsoft, as much as people like to hate and bag on Microsoft, they are very. They're like, we're not going to like not give you OS support, like my Pixel phone. We're not going to throw you overboard. We have to support you. That would be wrong. But then it also makes it really hard because now they have to support the weakest link and it makes them hard to push the entire thing forward. So it does hurt. It does hurt overall to get into that life. It feels like Google is sort of said like, we're going to do, we're going to like very much like Apple, you know, you're going to, the colony is going to keep moving. And if you get weak, we're leaving you behind (laughs) but that makes us stronger because there's not old hardware support there's not security issues we don't have to support you know underpowered hardware we're not making compromises to support underpowered hardware so there is a thinking behind that that you know is an advantage in some ways to everybody Mm -hmm. but only if you can afford to keep moving it's I think I prefer the more democratic method that Microsoft and the PC has where yeah, it's a complete mess because you got the absolute worst piece of trash. You got people who won't move off of Windows Seven, but you know, it's yeah, I complicated. Hate, it's very complicated. Just, my grandma just needs to check her email and go on Facebook, and it sucks that she has to buy a new computer for that in five years. But I'm glad that my kids can play GeForce now on it. So yeah, and I, you know, I, and again, I can see like, yeah, Chromebook for three hundred or two fifty for five years of service life. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe. Even though I know you could get longer, stretch it out to seven, eight. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see that. But the original Pixel was fourteen hundred dollars, and it's a, it's an ivory bridge, beautiful aluminum built, yeah, Chromebook that honestly. People still use uh, Iverbridge-based PCs and Macs, and there's no problems with them. So why would you abandon it? You know, it's just, I think it's it's almost so they have to have a tier that says, you know what, you're going to buy an $800 Chromebook. We're going to give you eight years of life or something rather than yep. five years, which is is not acceptable. I think I would never recommend it. No. All right. For most so people. unless there's questions, do we want to talk about something much more expensive than Chromebooks? 
Uh, real quick before we move on to that. Um, okay. Just uh, for the super chats, we got uh, Eek44 donated uh, 45 Danish crones to us. Thank you. And then uh, we got $5 from Brian Finkel asking, so uh, Gizmodo has an article for, uh, from yesterday how GeForce now runs great but doesn't yet include the ability to automatically adjust for network conditions. What do you guys think? Well, you can basically select... I'll have to go into the... the there is a control panel that lets you definitely pick your server. It definitely picks your your resolution, but I'll, I'll look. I mean, again, my experience was I was pretty pretty pleased. You know, and again, I'm... Uh, you know, I prefer big, beefy hardware, but I have lowered expectations with uh, stream gaming, so I was okay with it, you know? And I think, as Brad said... Is free. Point your browser over there, play.geforcenow.com, I think is, I have the, if I have the URL right, and, you know, give it a shot. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not... I read that Gizmodo article. I forget all the details. Uh, it sounds like they leave out some of the finer ones that you can get on the PC, which is actually running an app. You run yeah. the GeForce Now app. Uh, but in general, I agree with what Gordon is saying, that just let the network do its thing. You shouldn't be tinkering with that stuff too much anyway. Yep. So if you're running into that bad network conditions, then it might not just be working for you anyway. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, eventually they will add some settings. Honestly, I wouldn't think I want settings to let me crank it up. I want settings to let me crank it down. Because yeah. I, I do think at some point you're going to want to go, yeah, this is, this is pretty sucky at even 720p on my connection. So I would want to, I would want to like, can I go lower? Can I lower other things? And you know, it is, it is just coming out of beta and it's, it's fairly new. I imagine they're going to be making changes. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's play.geforcenow.com. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if you can do that in just Chrome right here. I'm going to try that after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't try it. Um, you know, we, they basically gave us a, a web script to, to launch, to get into it early. So. But it really, you know what? Hell, why not, right? And I, I was surprised, you know. And if you have, it's it's sort of like the PC version. If you have a HID device, a controller, a mouse, or a keyboard, it'll recognize it. There are a couple things you need to know. If uh, you're playing a game and the function keys have been taken over by the game, you would press the search button, which is a little uh, magnifying glass, and then you would press the function key to access the the the, the native Chromebook commands. Like sound awesome. or brightness. Oh, cool. All right, moving on. Uh, so rumor has it, RTX 3090. Whew, yeah, that's interesting for all kinds of reasons. So last week I was on vacation, which turned out to be pretty ironic because I'm PC World's gaming and graphics editor. And we had Intel Reveal Z graphic stuff. We had Epic doing thermonuclear war with Apple. And we had NVIDIA two long years after the RTX 20 series launch uh, is finally teasing something new is coming on September 1st. Uh, Gordon actually covered the article because I was covered the news because I was out. Uh, they're doing a countdown, teasing this as the next big thing kind of in the legacy of the GeForce 256. Which is, if you will remember back to two weeks ago, 
the graphics card I pitched for the PC Hardware Hall of Fame, but got sadly shot down. Uh, it was the first GPU. So it was the first graphics card ever called the GPU. They called it a GPU because it took over a lot of functions. So they're they're teasing this in uh in a way like whatever they're gonna announce on September first is gonna be a big freaking deal because you don't just pull out the GeForce two fifty six for nothing. So it's going to be super interesting to see what it is. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors recently that it will be a bunch of high-end NVIDIA graphics cards, uh, culminating in the rumored GeForce RTX 3090, uh, which we haven't seen a 90-class card, I think, since the 690. So it's been a long time. Uh those were, they, the 90 class used to be dual GPU cards, uh, traditionally. So, uh, I doubt that the 3090 will be a dual GPU card because dual GPU is effectively dead on the PC. But that should give us a glimpse, uh, uh, an idea of just how powerful I'm guessing Nvidia is gonna go with this card. Uh, which has effectively basically been confirmed. Because Micron this week accidentally leaked that they actually put out like a press release or something like that. Not earlier this week because it's Tuesday, but last week. Uh, that the RTX 3090 will hit a terabyte of bandwidth with 12 gigabytes of capacity, which means it could hit 21 GBPS over a 384-bit bus. So this is going to be super fast memory. That's that's lightning fast. That's uh, a terabyte of bandwidth is like what AMD was doing with HBM2. But this is with GDDR6X memory. So it's like super duper fast to feed whatever massive GPU is going to be inside of here. Some rumors say it'll be, you know, the Micron thing I believe talked about 12 gigabyte capacity. But rumors say that this could go up to 20 or even 24 gigabytes of capacity. Uh, video cards reported that earlier this week. Uh, we're also seeing a bunch of RTX 3080 rumors starting to show up in some device drivers and user benchmark and whatnot. And that's also, uh, you know, 19 GBPS memory, 8, 10 gigabytes of RAM. So PCBs are starting to leak. PCIe Gen 4. Right around there, around 2 gigahertz clocks, just like things are now. On September 1st, NVIDIA might reveal something that's, like, truly shocking. You think it'll be... So, you really think 3090 rather than a 38? Because there have been a lot of crazy rumors out there. <laughs> I, I would expect there to still be a 3080 Ti probably for about the same price as the 2080 Ti, because I don't see NVIDIA getting cheaper right now, in the middle of a supply-constrained pandemic especially. Right. Uh, I think, you know, AMD has been talking about Big Navi is coming out this fall as well, around the time of the new console, so sometime before November. I wouldn't be surprised. This is just what we've, you know, been speculating about a couple times. This is just NVIDIA going, well, you know, AMD's talking about a comeback, Here's the best freaking thing we can do. This thing's ridiculous. We're bringing back the 3090 name. It's going to be 1500 or $2,000, but it will absolutely smoke anything that's out there. 
Yeah, no, it's funny because when you mentioned those specs of one, one terabyte a second, I was thinking, this sounds like a $2,000. Yeah. You know, elite status card for just to, just to, just to, just to push everybody back, right? This is what, um, automakers do. They make crazy high end cars that they don't sell a lot of and they have limited editions, but they want to be able to say, you know, I mean, Right, Ford Mustang and Camaro and Corvette—they do this all the time. They want to be able to say they have something better. So, yeah, it feels Nvidia, like- in, Nvidia especially. Nvidia is real. Nvidia doesn't like to lose. It always wants to have something higher than its competitors in the benchmark right. chart. Like right. we talked about this before, just to go back to it again. Like when Vega Fifty Six came out, uh, Radeon Vega Fifty Six, and it was actually pretty dang good. Vega Sixty Four was hot and kind of underperformed, but Vega Fifty Six did really well compared to the Ten Seventy. So NVIDIA rolled out the completely superfluous 1070 Ti just slightly faster to say it could beat AMD's benchmarks by, like, 2% or something like that. Right. I think this is going to be kind of like the equivalent of what the 1080 Ti wound up being. Because you remember, 1080 Ti is still a rocking ass card. It came out and, like, blew away everything that was around. That was at the time when AMD had been hyping Vega for a long time. Right. Vega wound up taking forever to come out. NVIDIA was obviously, in my opinion, preparing this 1080 Ti so whenever Vega did come out, uh, they could be like, yeah, here's the 1080 Ti at a great price, all that shit, or stuff. Sorry, I was on vacation, y'all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's what the 3090 is in this case, except for the 1080 Ti was really compellingly priced. I think this is going to be ludicrously priced, stuffed with everything you could imagine. Yeah. Be ridiculous for 4K gaming. 20, I wouldn't be surprised if the 20 gig, uh, memory rumors are true. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the thing's just loaded to the gills. Right. And, you know, it's gonna be 1500 to 2 grand if it comes out. They wouldn't be bringing back the 90 class card again if they didn't plan on going even higher than what they already were. Especially with all the feedback and Honestly, disappointment in disappointing sales from like the 2080 Ti already being so priced compared to its predecessor. Yeah. So I think they're reintroducing the 90 class just to introduce yet another tier. You know, I would actually like to look at overall because you know there was a lot of resistance to ray tracing and the 20 series. I mean, I don't know who would ever track this that would release it, but I would always love to know. Like, well, in the end. Did it actually sell, you know, really well? Did they, you know, I'm sure they made a profit on it, but did they end up, I know initially there was enough resistance that they, NVIDIA actually had to announce in their, in their public statements that yeah, you know, sales were, um, not as, as, as brisk as we had hoped. But I wonder once they got over that period, if it was overall still a massively successful part because it feels like it is, even though the internet group think is that the 20 series was, you know, a dismal failure, right? And that's what, of course, people on the internet will think. But I think you can't, like, every single gaming laptop is is based on 20 series, and probably every single OEM sells 20 series, and those cards are probably still 75% of the market. I, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people were going out and buying 1080 Ti's after that first couple months. They were, they probably switched right over to buying, you know, 20 series, it feels like. 
I would think that if it was like some of the older graphics card cycles that came faster, like if this was a, a one year cycle, I think it would have wound up going down as being disappointing. But I think the fact that it has been out for two years, uh, you know, within four, five, six months of the 20 series launch, that's all you could buy. You couldn't buy the 1080 Ti. You, you, all the laptops, all the vendors, that's what they were selling. And so it's just been two years of if you're getting a, a graphics card, this is what you're getting. And, the kind of refresh and price drop they did with the Super Series and, uh, you know, dropping the 2060 down to 300 bucks last year, uh, all in response to AMD maneuvering, to be fair. Right. Uh, I think that really did a lot for the value proposition. I saw a lot of the grumbling go away once all that happened. So, except for the 2080 Ti, that thing's still priced ridiculously. And the 3090 is going to be even more ludicrous. This is 100% what I expect. Right. But I mean that's you don't have to at that point. It's there's a reason why Intel charged one thousand seven hundred and twenty three dollars for a ten core CPU because yep. Yep. you have nobody to compete with you, then what are you gonna do? You're gonna you will charge it the market will bear. So there yep. it will be crazy pricey and and it's an NVIDIA flex, right? They just wanna like they they wanna they wanna push Intel and they wanna push uh, AMD off. Whatever you're going to come out with, we don't care. We're still faster. We cost more. Yeah. We will sell one one hundredth of what we do of our two hundred dollar video cards, but we don't care. Yep. So we're going to make money on it because we're selling this for a hell of a profit too. It's hard to get, but we're going to get our money on it. It's, yeah. Uh, I love to see it. Like it's funny because usually when I'm on here, I'm the one arguing for like, hey, I love value. I love price to performance, and I do in general. Like. If there are two pretty close performing cards, but one's, you know, the Radeon one's $50 cheaper than the NVIDIA one, I mean, you would recommend the Radeon one, everything else being equal. But I love the idea of, even though I dumped on that Intel CPU, because they were, back when Intel was doing this, they were just dragging their feet, they were stalling, they were milking it. NVIDIA has kept the pedal to the metal the whole time. Right. And if... The 3090 does wind up happening, and it's just them going, here's what we can do if you want to spend $2,000. I can't wait to see what it is, because you have to expect there to be a 3080 Ti, probably. That'll be, you know, who knows how much faster. 30% faster than the 2080 Ti already was. How much faster than that would the 3090 be? You got to wonder, man. I can't I can't wait till September 1st. Yeah, no, it feels like it does... It's going to be two thousand bucks for a thirty ninety, and then thirty eighty Ti would probably price in at twelve hundred bucks, whatever the you know twenty eighty Ti. Of course, it'll depend on what big Navi is, and then probably mm-hmm. adjust from there. I feel like, but I feel like thirty ninety will just be that that Halo product that you know they've always liked to maintain. I would be surprised if big Navi comes out before this. I think I think Big Navi is going to come out after. I think Nvidia is going to get out there first, and then yeah. AMD is going to be responding to Nvidia, which is it kind of happens often. But that works out good because you know it lets them price things well to move. Yeah, and I think you know AMD is always coming from a position of weakness in the graphics game against Nvidia. I think it plays to them because it's better to see what Nvidia's cards are, what they're pricing their set, and they. You know, I'm sure with AMD Mix's plans, they're going to go, well, they're going to come out with this. And we know NVIDIA always has a plan for when we come out with something, so then they they plan to have something 
to counteract the actual NVIDIA plan, right? So I, I can see that guerrilla war that AMD has waged so well with graphics. I think that will continue. I think big, that's the one thing is I think AMD will still have room because this is, this is designed to get all the, all the headlines, all the excitement, everybody crazy about a high, super high end part, how fast it is. But AMD can come in and, and just say, hey, you know what? This is a part that you can buy, and we're going to give you this performance. It's not as exciting. It's definitely not as sexy, right? That's sort of only mm-hmm. been that problem with not yeah. having – because the Vega parts they never, were decent. They were never – they were good, but they were never the top. They were never the top, and then, you know, we just – and that's been the same pattern because they've never had a Halo Halo product. Mm-hmm. I think – they still have room to compete and be a really decent card and cost. That's basically their only messaging, it feels like. But we I don't, don't know. know. I actually... Yeah. RDNA surprised me with how good it was, how much it gained in power efficiency, which helped right. it gain so much in performance. Like, RDNA, I was like, I tested I'm like, this is actually way better than I expected. Right. Uh, and they're saying the gains that they made from... GCN, which was pre-RDNA to RDNA, was about 50%, I think it says. And they're expecting the same jump from RDNA to RDNA 2, which is the architecture behind Big Navi and all the cards that are coming out over the next year or whatever from AMD. So there's a very good chance that Big Navi, you know, could be a pretty ballin'-ass card itself. Uh, it'll be real hard, I think, for it to topple NVIDIA if NVIDIA is willing to put, like, a 400-millimeter die or whatever like just the biggest possible die surround it with as much GDDR6 as possible around it and sell it for two grand. I, I have troubles right. seeing RDNA topping that. Yeah. But I would love to see like Big Navi come out and say it does offer similar performance to like a 3080 Ti. 3080 Ti comes out at 1200 and AMD's like, we'll, we'll do it for 900 or 1000. So, I mean, yeah. It's going to be an exciting, exciting year, I think. Everyone's getting exciting. ray tracing. Yeah. <laughs> so All far, the people uh, who listened to me two years ago when I said wait to the next generation to buy a ray tracing card, they're real happy right now. Brad, I, I didn't listen to you. I bought a 1080 Ti instead. I could have <laughs> got a, a 2080 at the same price but or a little bit more, but no. I think I'm thinking uh, I don't want to give it away on the Internet. I want to do a retrospective. How did the 20 series in ray tracing shake down? I'm hoping to do that before September rolls around. See what you actually got for investing in it early. I think that's actually really worthy. And I also, yeah. I really want to at some point do 1080 Ti versus 2080 because, you know, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. But I really <laughs> think, I still think in 12 months, an investment that's little small investment in the 2080 T, 2080, will have been a better investment than a 1080 purchase at the same time. I really think that's that's entirely possible. But, you know, we'll have to wait to get there. But, you know, it's entirely mm-hmm. possible I'm wrong. But I, I'm in my heart, I just believe, you know, you want next generation features if you're going to play, if you're going to pay next generation prices, which is what yeah. 1080, I, 1080Ti was costing there at the end, why would you, why would you not get those next generation features? But, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I, I will get off that now. Do we have any questions from the from the audience there? Uh, Nobody's stewing uh, over this. A lot of chats going on about it. <laughs> yeah, the especially the pricing that's going to be. You know, everyone's kind of predicting the price 
price point. What's, I had to say. what's, the, but, what's uh, the general range that people are thinking? They agree with the two thousand, two thousand or so. Yeah. So what I also what I want to know since as a as a uh, novice PC builder myself, um, just you know what what can I expect? Like you know if maybe I don't want to get into the the next gen graphics card. Like how how often do, does like those graphic cards um, the price point like drop? Do they drop significantly when the new, uh, you know, graphics card launch immediately, or do they hold? I, I think like twenty eighty holds on pretty, pretty well, right? Like mm-hmm. the price is just steady; they don't drop as significantly fast compared to they drop. Launches. They drop. They drop a decent amount. It's really weird and hard right now, specifically because graphics cards and other PC components have been selling as fast as people can make them because everyone's at home. So everyone's just been like, hey man, I want to buy a graphics card so I can play some games rather than just staring at these walls. So there's been that, and in other parts of the world more than here, uh, all this economic turmoil has led to a resurgence in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which use graphics cards to mine those. So it's actually like really hard to find GPUs at reasonable prices right now. Normally... Right now would be the best time to buy if you're looking to buy the current gen. Usually the best prices are right before the next gen gets announced because they're trying to get them all out of the way so they can put new ones on the shelves. But, yeah, right now it's just a weird time. (laughs) Yeah, what I also find looking at GPUs over the the years is you you generally get a price tip before new parts come out, and then they inflate to high levels for quite a while and then eventually it it gets so moldy that no one wants it and then the price goes through the floor so it is a good time generally except our current events have messed all of that up so the cool thing though for someone who is getting new into it like you like we're talking about like a, a ludicrous ass like $2,000 graphics card that's probably going to be right now that's what we're talking about but a really cool thing about gaming right now is you can get great gaming for you know, 200 bucks for 1080p gaming, you could, you'd have a great experience with a $200 graphics card. You'd have, uh, better than console or at least current console experience with a $150 graphics card. Like you don't have to spend two grand to have, you just go, you know, start GeForce Now, put it in your browser and you could be playing control for free as Gordon <laughs> yep. was just talking about. So <laughs> like we're talking enthusiast, enthusiast class, like, like, I'm an enthusiast. Look, I'm surrounded by hardware parts. I'm never spending $2,000 on a graphics card. We're talking loaded enthusiasts. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there's plenty of options for people at all budgets. Yeah, that's the nice thing is it's a, it's a very wide range of budgets. And that's relatively new. It used to be you had to spend $300, $350-plus to get, like, a 1080p Ultra experience. And that was as recent as... Four years ago, something like that. But recently, you know, you can get great 1080p performance for 200 bucks. So, yeah. And I remember being a budget PC used to be 650 dollars. I'm you always try. You always wanted to have some kind of gaming capability, but it was trash compared to what most you know recommended specs were. And it would run. It wasn't great, but it was 650. And now. God, it's probably half of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's with the OS. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, 
we can answer more stuff in Q&A section later, but okay. uh, let, okay. let's move on. Uh, what else we have next? Intel XC. Yeah, so that's the third ray tracing... Uh, how do you, what do they say? Triumvirate? It's basically <laughs> three horses... Three horses pulling something. I don't know who 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 bothers to write this stuff down and document it. But so we have AMD saying, "Hey, we got ray tracing." They've said that for a while. Nvidia, of course, is like, "Hey, we did it first. Mm-hmm. And Intel last week said, "We got that too." Uh, last week, of course, they announced their Z graphics. Uh, Raja, who used to be at AMD, it was actually quite funny because he was like. We got ray tracing too. He was really like, yes, that was like his big thing. Is like, we will have ray tra- hardware ray tracing in Z graphics eventually. You know, like the, the, the catch is Intel's ray tracing GPU will not come out until 2021, but you know, I guess it is August. So that is, that is time to wait. And, and that is not just ray tracing, but all desktop, right? All desktop. On the desktop. Yes. yes. That is the desktop card because we will see Z graphics. A lot sooner in laptops, and uh, you know, basically, Z is uh, essentially almost or two x the performance of Ice Lake graphics, which should put Intel in a pretty good position against uh, AMD Radeon in mobile on the Ryzen four thousands. You know, we'll have to see before before we really know. But on paper, everything indicates that they should have a decent leg up over AMD in laptops. It will not have ray tracing though. Ray tracing part will come out next year discrete part and it will be GDDR6 and Roger I thought it was the funniest thing because it, he said it was uh, he said he had a lot of, he says he was really happy to do GDDR6 it was a completely new controller because he had many scars on his back from trying to implement you know high end graphics memory on discrete cards basically he was talking about his time at AMD trying to get HBM into GPUs which was always a pain on them that made me laugh when I read it yeah, no, it was really, it was, it was pretty funny. And, uh, they don't, they don't talk about performance. They don't talk about where they're going to compete. They do say, you know, they did say they would have a higher end part. Of course, that doesn't mean it's necessarily big Navi or 3090 class, but they, they would compete at higher end ranges. I don't expect Intel's going to say, yeah, we're going to go to 3090 and try to sell $2,000 GPU. Um, but uh, I do think the big news is they've got hardware ray tracing. So that will be the third uh, direct XR card on the market and family that can do hardware ray tracing for PC gamers by next year. That's got to suck for Intel, right? We're finally getting into, you know, discrete graphics. We're doing it. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and now we have to support ray tracing with our first card. What? <laughs> yeah. Unless they, you know, I, I do wonder if they had it planned because it feels like they couldn't have just turned turned the ship and say we're going to add hardware ray tracing by, mm-hmm. by next year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other big news out of the Z discrete part is it will not be manufactured on Intel Fabs, which uh, is a little bit of a surprise. So they didn't say where, but that sort of implies either Samsung or TSMC. This new Intel is wild, man. This new Intel is wild, but you know, it's good because you, you gotta make changes. Clearly the, you know, the, the car's been stuck in the mud. You gotta try something different. So the fact that Intel will be doing their GPU and external foundry is, is good because it probably means you'll get it 
you'll actually get it on time, which is good. So, I mean, but, you know. The part that's curious to me with all the news that's coming out, because, like, uh, Micron clearly was not supposed supposed to already announce that it has GDDR6X going into a 3090. The page got yanked. They probably got yelled at by Jensen, etc. So CNZ saying they're using GDDR6 makes me wonder how high-end they're going to be going with that. Yeah. You mean if, if NVIDIA is already moving to GDDR6X, so the next-gen memory chips, so... I'm very interested to see it though. I'm not, I'm not like smack talking. I'm just like, it's yeah. weird talking about GDDR6X in one segment and then GDDR6 in the next. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Intel mostly targets the more affordable segments to start because they've always been about market share. That's what they want. Uh, that's what AMD is trying to get right now in the CPUs. Right. Uh, but with ZLP coming out this year in laptops, and it is a discrete thing as for laptops as well, I believe they said there's coming out this year. I wouldn't be surprised if ZHP. HPG, I think. Is HPG, is. yes. HPG, HP is different. They have many acronyms after all these Z variants. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if it winds up targeting more mainstream, you know, boxes to begin with. That which would be sweet if ray tracing comes to more mainstream price points. Yeah, I mean, if you're Intel, though, Brad, do you think... Because the thing is, Intel and AMD, they're always aiming for data center because that's where the real money is. That's mm-hmm. where a ton of real money, that's where NVIDIA is just running away with it these days with their, their GPUs. They want to get into there, so the... I know that Intel, they sort of have like multiple micro-architectures and then one main architecture, and they're sort of tuning them for where it's going. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of think, um, again, I think Raja, I have to remember back, because this is pre-vacation, and I can't remember much <laughs> from, from last week, but they, you know, it'll be mainstream at first. You know, probably, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, they didn't say two to three hundred, you know, bucks, mm-hmm. makes sense. But yep. they, you know, again, they do want to compete at higher ends. But if you're Intel, and it's basically been an NVIDIA AMD game for, whatever, 20 years now, why not disrupt it? And I think I've said this before. If you're Intel, if I were Intel, I'd want to just mess with NVIDIA because NVIDIA's bread and butter is GPUs. You basically, you go to war with NVIDIA on, on mainstream consumer where there is definitely, you know, decent, you know, there's good volume. There's, there's, uh, uh, decent, decent revenue. So you go to war with them just to mess with them, right? I mean, you got nothing to lose. The majority of, uh, like, the biggest slice of NVIDIA's revenues actually still comes from the gaming segment. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems to me it's just a good way to get in as you be disruptive as possible. And it's like AMD has always been playing this guerrilla war against NVIDIA because NVIDIA is the 900-pound guerrilla of graphics. And Intel can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, weird, though, to have, like, AMD always sort of playing the underdog. Now, not, Intel's the new under-underdog? How does that work out? <laughs> How do they market against AMD? And, uh, you know, I, I, don't I, know. I think I've said it on here before. I'm not sure if I have. It's been a while. But I think the way NVIDIA does marketing, or not NVIDIA, Intel does marketing dollars and already has, you know, Intel inside and all these kinds of things, I think they could get a very large share very quickly just simply by bundling these, you know, offering 
you know, discounts to Dell to include sure. the Intel GPU stuff. I, I think in, Intel will come out swinging. But I have a feeling it's going to be for the more mainstream things, not the enthusiast class things. Yeah. No, I initially, definitely. But I think, you know, later next year, I think, you know, they'll come out and try to eat into higher end. Yep. Where there's, there's, there's more revenue. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see because, you know, people always get really, really, really concerned when Intel does like, hey, you buy CPUs, we sell you chipsets or Wi-Fi at a lower cost. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine they could do the same thing. That's, Mm-hmm. Totally kosher with, you know, oversight. Mm-hmm. And that, you're right, that's a good leg in, right? That's just like, hey, yeah, we'll sell you these. And the question is, will gamers go for Intel? Do you think Intel being just the long, long, never going anywhere in gaming, always associated with integrated graphics not being great, do you think gamers are going to go, I really want Intel graphics over NVIDIA and AMD? Do you think... Well, I think this is actually a really great time for Intel to be getting into it because between Fortnite and Rocket League and League of Legends, like we have so many younger people getting into, uh, I sound like such an old fart when I say that, but I hope you know what I, I mean. There's a lot of kids who used to play on consoles who are now like, oh man, I want a gaming PC. You know, I yep. want to be streaming to Twitch while I'm sitting here doing epic 360 no scopes in Valorant or whatever. Uh, so now's a really good time for Intel to come in because those, all those new people who are, who are, you know, swelling the PC ranks don't have that, you know, deep rooted cultural understanding that Intel hasn't been part of it. They just know the name Intel. So this, this is actually a pretty good time for them to be making their break for it, I think. Especially with all this ray tracing stuff coming out, there's going to be even more people looking to buy stuff. There's a ton of variables that are going to make a difference, but, I'm just excited to see it. I, I always love more competition, and Intel definitely competes. Uh, they've been having a rough time on the CPU front, but they still, you know, they've been managing to keep up with AMD, even though they've been stuck on 14 nanometer forever. They they fight, so yeah, I'm really excited to have another fighter in the graphics card field. Yeah, and they definitely fight where it matters. You know, to be honest, frankly, less so in desktops than in laptops and servers. So you mm-hmm. can definitely see how feisty they've been in in, in laptops these days. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wonder, though, when I you know I try to observe the what people want, what kids want. It's Nvidia's branding is yep. essentially as good or higher than Intel among a lot of younger gamers, I feel like. So I do wonder if that's going to be hard. That's actually been a problem for AMD. They're, they're like the Apple of PC gaming. They're like, the kids are like, oh, I got a GeForce card. Yeah, and it's sort of like when you go, because people still the talk kids. about, oh, AMD drivers, <laughs> right? Because people yeah. still like bag on the drivers, even though a lot of people don't have problems with them, but it just feels like it's it's been harder to reestablish yourself in a market for AMD, but Intel's coming in fresh. I I don't know if they can necessarily win without, I mean, they're only, it feels like they would have to come out swinging so hard with price aggressiveness that, that that's the only way to convince people to, to make the switch. It depends what they're going for, because, like, it depends, because NVIDIA appeals to enthusiasts and trickles down from there. That's what I always does. AMD goes for the more, you know, uh, value-oriented customers they tend right. to the last few years, which is part of the fact that their high-end cards just can't compete with NVIDIA over the last few years. I'm sure that makes a difference. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, like I was saying, if Intel just tries to flood mainstream buyers who are just 
because DIY enthusiasts like us are very much a minority. Like even when it comes to desktops, lots of people walk into Dell, uh, not Dell, Best Buy and Target and buy the Dell computer, buy the HP computer. Intel just targets those and being like, all right, yeah, Nvidia, AMD, you guys can argue over the Micro Center shelves. I want Intel inside those freaking Walmart, you know, desktops and laptops. I think they could make a big splash very quick. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to see, but I, I am excited because I'm with you, Brad. I think competition's good. I'm curious to see course. ray tracing, like, because we still have no idea technically how AMD and Intel are going to be doing ray tracing. We know NVIDIA has, you know, all the specialized hardware, but it sounds like, at least in the consoles, Big Navi is going to be relying on more traditional shader-based, you know, calculations. Intel hasn't said a peep about it. I'm really curious to see... Now that everyone's jumping on ray tracing, I'm very curious to see how all the different implementations wind up behaving and performing. So that's yeah. the most nerdy, exciting thing to me. Yeah, and then, of course, as a reviewer, for you, how do you determine what's, you know, fast? You know, I mean, there's determining benchmarks in the games and what overall will give you the best experience, that's that's up to you as a person in the zebra shirt to judge What's good, right? I, that, I don't, I don't envy you there, Brad. That is, that is it's, not going to be easy. It's easy to measure raw frame rates, which is obviously a big part of it. But the trickier part is if it adds visual differences. Cause like, you gotta remember the first generation of DLSS was essentially there to speed up games that were ray traced, but it made them look real, you know, like Vaseline smeared in a lot of cases. And that's obviously not something you want. So that's the kind of thing we're going to have to look for depending on how all these different implementation comes out. It's a lot trickier than it used to be, it seems like. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we go back to the old days where ATI and NVIDIA used to snipe at each other. They would send to reviewers, <laughs> they would say, hey, if you look at this image in this game, <laughs> you can see how their AA is terrible. <laughs> that was the whole thing. People don't realize this, but AA used to be like a yep. really hard thing to do in graphics cards. And they would, they would find the weakness of each other's, you know, AA algorithms, and then they would highlight to the press, it's like, look how much they suck, and then people would like, those visual quality. And that's, that's part of the reason, uh, so many people were skeptical about, uh, I forget the name, all the extra features that Nvidia offers for games that you can put in, like Hairworks and stuff like that. Gameworks, that's, that's the word. Uh, because back in those days, AMD had a real disadvantage at tessellation. And so a lot of the games that included GameWorks, a lot of the features purposely included tessellation so they would make NVIDIA cards work, look better. Uh, I'm not sure. I know for a fact that NVIDIA has never said that's a reason. It's just an interesting coincidence. But, uh, you know, stuff like that does happen. So in ray tracing... Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll, see, I, we'll have to see how it goes. I will say back in the, that whole um, kerfuffle, as they like to say, I, there were both sides of that story. And mm -hmm. I think, you mm -hmm. know, ATI definitely, AMD basically felt it was, Gameworks was intended to hurt them. Mm -hmm. um, they claimed that there were things that were put in games just to, you know, excessively not to help the game, but to make them hurt. And then NVIDIA's like, we're not going to make, sorry, I just have to, def I got to be fair to both sides. Gameworks wasn't made 
we're not going to do all this work for a developer and doing these effects and then help our competition. If you want to help them, go do it yourself, add it into the game. But here's our thing to make it better on our hardware. So I it's, don't want to relitigate the, the past. I actually did an article about that, I believe, right around the Witcher 3 Hairworks controversy. Because Hairworks made those wolves look awesome. And yep. yes, it made his beard look awesome. I like awesome beards. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's, you know, realistic hair has a performance penalty. Uh, NVIDIA is smart to lean into that if it's better on their things. I mean, you can just turn it off if you need to. It was yep. an extra, it's always been an extra feature, all this stuff. So, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the minutia of all the benchmarks and all the back and forth politics and all the, the hand wringing and everything. What so. I do do in most benchmarks, just while we're talking about it, is whenever there's any vendor specific intense technologies like that, I do try to turn those off. So, or I do definitely turn those off in my benchmark reviews. So, hair works, tress effects, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, I disable them so everything's on an even playing field when it comes to the actual like graphics card reviews. So we'll have to see how it, what winds up shaking out with ray tracing. But that's that's the goal to get so everything's as equal as possible. And then depending on the situation, if there's some sort of radical new technology, I'll do extra testing to highlight how this new technology performs above and beyond that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I- it's going to be interesting with three of them, though. It feels like yeah. image quality will have to play, and then, of course, frame rates will, yep. will make a big difference. NVIDIA tells me frames win games, so. Yep. <laughs> Any uh, questions from the chat, Willis? Uh, we got a lot of people discussing about uh, in, NVIDIA... What was it? Uh... What do you guys think about NVIDIA wanting to buy ARM? I I was telling somebody that my public opinion, I have no problem stating this, as a journalist who likes drama, journalists, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, l- live on drama. So, like, if there's, if there's drama, we love it. It gives us something to write about. If it's nothing happening, that's no news, that's boring, you get yelled at. So, I would absolutely have the best time if NVIDIA bought ARM. Mostly because you've now totally flipped the entire industry on its head. From And I think the the results of NVIDIA buying ARM would just be like it, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I think it would completely change everybody's plans, which as a journalist is awesome because you get to cover something exciting and never expected. I saw a story in I think it was WCCF Tech, and they said that SoftBank had approached, I don't know if it's true or not, but they had said that SoftBank had approached Apple, and they had approached Samsung. And Samsung and and Apple said no, basically leaving NVIDIA as the leading purchaser. And I think the story that I read in WCCF Tech, I hope I'm not mixing this up. I apologize if I got the wrong site, but they said, like, it could be done by the end of the summer. (laughs) Like, if NVIDIA buys ARM by the end of the summer, oh my god, you just like talking about like, I don't know what happens. We're talking about, that's what I love about technology is you never know what's going to happen because I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot of brakes slammed on at a lot of different companies because they got to look for which way to zag up because they, because uh, everything, what are they going to do? You, 
and let's be honest, NVIDIA is not going to buy something and like, yeah, we're going to be open and we're not going to like make a profit off of it. NVIDIA lives for profit like all companies and they're going to find a way to, to maximize profit as, as they should. So I think it'll change everything. I, I, in the, wait, my last thing I want to add during the Z call, I asked if, if Intel, if they would welcome, if they would welcome Apple back uh, to x86 if NVIDIA buys ARM. So I just think, who, who knows what will happen, you know? They didn't answer that question. <laughs> I agree it would be very interesting and drama-filled, which would be fun, theoretically. But I personally would hate to see it happen because, like, the entire mobile industry and so much of the smart home like is built on ARM designs. Like every smartphone that you touch is ARM. Uh and for it to be fair, it kinda has to be Switzerland. And even if NVIDIA in un NVIDIA like fashion decides to buy it and act like Switzerland and be neutral, nobody's gonna view it that way. And so it would just be such a significant massive shakeup. Like so many things would change. NVIDIA would have so much mobile IP tied up there. Uh, like, ARM owns a lot of patents and stuff like that. So, if NVIDIA buys ARM, people are going to scramble to make their own chips. It's going to be real hard because ARM owns so much of that. Uh, I think it's just better for the industry if somehow ARM winds up being a neutral party. Uh, who knows what happens if NVIDIA buys it. It's not like I'm dumping on the idea necessarily. I just think it's better for everyone involved if it's like right now, SoftBank owns it, like an investor group. Cool, that's great. I mean, it's shocking to me that they're not able to make money on ARM. Like, <laughs> something, something clearly messed up there when every phone in the world and every smart device in the world is based on ARM designs, basically, that you're somehow not making enough money to satisfy investors. Like, jack prices a little bit. I don't know. But that's my thought. <laughs> So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, Brad, because it definitely would be bad for people who use ARM parts, which is everybody, mm -hmm. to have a shakeup like this, but you would, I mean... It'd be chaos. Come on. Be beautiful the, chaos, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the best part. I mean, honestly, as somebody who likes to write about chaos, because that's yeah. sort of what we do, right? That's what we love it's covering. almost my name. Yeah, I, I think it's... I think it'd be just exciting, and, you know, honestly... I don't know. I, I, who knows if it'll happen, right? Maybe they'll end up saying, yeah, we're going to have to, it'll be a partnership of, you know, so many players that end up owning it. But I just think it'd be just, I think it'd be just exciting to watch. <laughs> so I, fun. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. could you, can see? you imagine the beauty of Apple having locked out NVIDIA for so long since Bumpgate and then NVIDIA owns ARM designs? Yeah. Can you imagine how much that would hurt Tim Cook in his heart to have to go negotiate with NVIDIA? <laughs> I know. And they're really also, I know Samsung is, is no friend of NVIDIA, uh, apparently, and same thing. There's a lot of, it really just, it just changes everything, which I think is just like, it's crazy. It would be, I don't know what it would be. It would be like Apple buying Intel, it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's... I think it'd be more monumental than that, because Intel getting out of the game just means Intel's out of the game. AMD can keep making stuff. ARM being bought by NVIDIA is changes everything except for Intel and AMD. 
No, but I mean the but I think the effect on the PC industry of Apple bought yeah. Intel would be Yeah, yeah. Right? The same yeah. kind of like, oh my god, right? So mm-hmm. what the crazy thing would be if it just kinda like triggers people buying stuff, you know? So I <laughs> I don't know, but I I just think like I don't know what's gonna happen. I and and again my thoughts are as a journalist who who you know likes to grab popcorn and like my god it's just like it's going to change everything if it really does happen it will change everything and everybody will make plans like we got to figure out what to do you know what i would like to see here's what i would like to see i would like to see microsoft quit screwing around with tiktok and buy arm instead (sighs) (laughs) that's the same but microsoft buying arm would be no different than nvidia buying I think micro, Microsoft is close to a neutral party. I mean, yes. I mean, they've been trying to push ARM for Windows as well. I mean, of, of course they're not. I can see you shaking your head, and I agree. But I think they're a lot more neutral party than chip makers themselves would be. Well, but they're still... I mean, if you were Apple, would you invest your entire company based on, on the you know Microsoft being kind to you 10 years or 15 years down the road? You couldn't. Yep. So I... I, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody at Macworld about this, and they're like, "Well, I, his thought was like, you know, Apple would roll out their own instruction sets." And I'm wondering, like, how long would that take? You know, and then you'd have to roll out. I mean, the app, of course, is, if there's a company on Earth that has the capability and resources to do it, that would be Apple. But it'd be crazy to think like Apple actually has that ready, right? I, I, it'd be interesting. Like, so if the maneuver is, Nvidia buys ARM. Apple's like, oh, it's okay. We had this backup plan because Apple has enough money. They have backup plans for the backup plans for the backup plans, you know. So they just, like, bust out with their instruction sets. But, like, Qualcomm <laughs> and Samsung and all these other people are like, uh, what do we do now, <laughs> right? I I can't see them always having as developed, like, ready to go. Like, Apple's the mm-hmm. only company that you think, like, bam, we, we're, we're busting out. We, we can be spun up and ready to go in two years. We're going to buy TSMC. You know, or something, and and you know, mm-hmm. but I interesting I times. Yeah, and who knows what it's going to spur? Because if you see basically Nvidia taking over ARM, and you know, again, we don't know. Nvidia could be like Microsoft buying Minecraft, which mm-hmm. for the most part they've been very neutral about it. A lot of Minecraft people flipped out after Microsoft bought bought them, but I also think there's a good chance that it could could buy, spur a buying war because now it's going to be if we don't buy something somebody our competitors are going to buy it right so mm-hmm. intel amd tsmc any fab any foundry could be just we need to buy a piece before our, our competitors take it over you know it's exciting that's what i say it's awesome yeah. that's all the yeah. awesomeness of it the My permutations of it are <laughs> i mean maybe i'm crazy but you know who knows i mean We'll see. Maybe it's all just bad information. Smash. Bye, phone. I heard it. <laughs> I, I, uh, Gordon secretly has an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> okay. Any uh, questions? Let's see. Are you guys on Discord? I just want to see. <laughs> uh, see, any... So that, this is from Royce... Uh, Bodquia? Sorry, I'm, I'm butchering the name. <laughs> Any predictions on the power draw of uh, Ampere and Big Navi? Just like Adam. Just <laughs> <the name. laughs> uh, I would... 
expect them to... I never like to predict power draw because these get better by improving power efficiency and it depends on how far they want to push for power efficiency versus performance. Uh, and that's all, you know, an engineering and design product decision. Uh, so it'll depend. Uh, I think the fact that there's been rumors of 12-pin NVIDIA power connectors and, you know, cards with three 8-pin power connectors uh, leans towards... They, they might be leaning more towards performance, so it could be very high. Uh, I've seen some rumors go around with some uh, ludicrous numbers. Uh, I, 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 on one hand, I want to say I hope it's not as high as some of the rumors that I've seen, uh, which I can't recite offhand, sorry. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, like I was saying earlier, I would love to see what a $2,000 card that NVIDIA is like, here, this is what we can do. This is the pinnacle of what we can do right now, including maximizing power draw. I'd kind of love to see that too. So I wouldn't even be that mad about it, I think. Uh, but yeah, who knows? I wouldn't expect you to suddenly have to go buy new power supplies or anything like that. Yeah. Although, I mean, it definitely feels like they're not going to like, we're not going to take our, our, you know, our die shrink. Well, it's not necessarily a die shrink. We're not going to take our process shrink and, and give you better power. They mm-hmm. uh, definitely at a, at a certain range, at a certain range, laptops, yes, but when they come out, but I think definitely on desktop parts, they don't. They're gonna take. They're gonna take all of their their gains from the the process shrink and performance, right? Uh, I don't I know. It's a balancing act because who knows? Because like Nvidia has been pretty great at power efficiency and performance. Uh, yeah. AMD just kind of tied it with RDNA. I mean, it's it's right there neck and neck. So I could see Nvidia not wanting to put the pedal purely to the metal, aside from those very high end parts, because. Again, NVIDIA hates to lose at anything. If they can yep. say they're still the most power-efficient card, if it, it, same thing with Radeon. If they can say, hey, we're the most power-efficient cards for this, etc. So it's a balancing act. It's going to be a product decision. That's why I don't like to guess about these twirly. It's going to come down to the final clock speeds, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely, mm-hmm. like, 70 series and up will be... It feels like we'll yeah. consume more power because you have to, but when you're talking, like, you know, fifty and down, and all those kind of lower end parts. Then, it, then it comes into we we save you power game, and then it, I almost wonder, sort of like that that ten sixty twenty sixty range. Does it get you anything to say we get you more power efficiency? I mean, like who the hell cares? If I'm a gamer, I don't I don't care. I just want I want more frames, right? I would rather have more more performance than just simply efficiency at that at that two hundred to well, three hundred dollar range. I think a lot of the design decisions, design decisions around there also play into the fact that you got to design around OEM power supplies and the big box stuff. So you can't push it too too hard for twenty or twenty sixty little, but you know a sixteen sixty, uh, yeah. ten sixty, because you want them to be able to fit into affordable mainstream big box PCs. So yeah. I think that probably has a lot. That's the whole reason the fifty series exists. You know the seven fifty, the ten fifty. Uh, they don't need power connectors. And yes, they're slower than, uh, the RX 570, which is freaking ancient at this point, but is faster than the 1050 or 1650? 1650. Uh, 
but the 1650 is the only card that works without an extra power connector, so it's the only option for stuff. So that stuff does play into design decisions sometimes. Yeah, they're very low end. Yeah. But I, I think, again, you can't have a 1060 or a 3060 drawing some ridiculous amount of watts because they're putting cheap power supplies in these Walmart rigs. Yeah, and more power draw means more expensive. You need more cooling, more mm-hmm. bigger power supply, costs more. But I, I do think, like, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to use more power at that mid-range than where current mm-hmm. parts are. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Like I said, I don't think you're going to have to run out and buy a new power supply unless you get a 3090, possibly. All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then everyone can ask Adam later on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and everyone else after the next full okay. But, um... Uh, Someone, I, for, I forgot in chat, but they, they're asking, like, uh, so if uh, RTX 30 series cards uh, will run on PCIe 4, will this hurt Intel stand in the enthusiast market? It very well could. It's going to come down to if it makes a performance difference, right? Uh, so actually, what was I reading yesterday, watching yesterday? I think it was it was uh, Steve Burke, Gamers Nexus. I think it was their latest hardware news episode talking about it. No, it was, uh, they actually just did a, a, a whole video about motherboard making saying Intel timed up, screwed up the timing of this launch because of this NVIDIA stuff coming out with PCI 4. Uh, what Steve's sources are saying is they're not sure yet whether the higher clock speed and hence gaming advantage of Intel chips uh, will compensate for the lack of PCIe 4. It might be kind of a wash and they're, they're still kind of figuring out where that's going to land. So there's a very much a chance that Intel's pure speed advantage at this point you know, keeps it in the game even with the high-end parts. But there's also a very good chance that something ridiculous, like if this 3090 does happen, that could saturate PCI 3 in some scenarios, theoretically, in which case having a PCI 4-based system, which means AMD, uh, would be beneficial even at lower clock speeds. And next-gen Ryzen chips are coming out later this year, too, and those are, are surely to be faster as well. So, yeah, it's a very precarious time to be Intel right now. I, I was kind of surprised when this generation launched without PCI 4, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying to figure out right now, just tangential to this question, whether or not I should upgrade our gaming system, because I have an overclocked 8700K system, which actually, you know, goes toe-to-toe for a stock clock 10900K these days. So I wasn't feeling the need to necessarily upgrade it soon, because it it does pretty well even with high-end cards. And by pretty well, I mean it's fine. It does a bottleneck. Uh, but PCI 4 is suddenly a big wrench in the system and it's really going to come down to the performance of the cards yeah and the games that's the big yeah. part of it too right in fact I think I read a report I need to, to dig it up but this one person was claiming that one game PCIe bandwidth was, was killing it um, mm-hmm. I'll have to, to find it but I for the most part it hasn't made any difference but yeah it's but I'm, I'm with Brad I well I think it's a it's a major it's a major screw up and it's really going to hurt Intel because you know this none of these none of these things have been a surprise 
you know, we knew Big Navi was coming. That would be PCIe 4. We knew that Ampere was coming at PCIe 4 for a long, long time. To not have PCIe 4 ready to go, and you gotta, you gotta bet your butt down to AMD. They are gonna be taking all the graphics cards, including NVIDIA, every single game they have, finding every single game that runs that actually does use that uh, PCIe 4 bandwidth and they are going to be pushing that into people's faces and say, hey look, Ryzen is so much better because you can't you, you know, look look what we're seeing from PCIe 4 to PCIe 3 look at the difference in this game and this game at this setting, at this setting and, and that's that's their job is to get it in front of us so I, I think it might be a world of hurt depending on how fast these new GPUs are and everything looks like they will be that fast and the games of course so I I wish that the next gen Ryzen parts didn't wind up not necessarily technically slipping, but we didn't expect them. I think to launch at the the end of the year, how it's looking like they're going to do now. Because I think if the new Ryzen chips were already out, I think I would just pull the trigger and invest in a Ryzen system for our GPU testing system. Yeah. But it's real hard right now because investing in a new high end system to do testing is a you know a significant you know expense. So. I'm, I'm trying to balance right now whether I want to just use this because it's as fast as the best Intel offers still, since it's overclocked. It's right up there with the 10900K. Or get a Ryzen system right now so I can test PCIe that's slower in clock speeds, but is going to be replaced in two or three months. So, yeah. Every uh, timing from all the vendors is real weird around this. <laughs> it feels like you will, you're just going to have to do it if. If I'm going to have to do it over the next year, at the very least. Probably by, I think, but then how could you, I mean, that's going to be the terrible thing. How do you do uh, PCIe 4 graphics cards reviews on a yeah. PCIe 3 base? And that's just that's just going to stick in everybody's craw. So I think you're just, I think you'll have to go to, you know, Ryzen. And I think it makes sense to also wait for new Ryzen as well. Because why, you know, we're so close, you might as well. So yep. the next gen Ryzen. But yep. yeah, I don't. And of course, the thing, I'm going to wind up doing it sooner or later. These are all the thoughts going through my head right now. It's fun coming back from vacation, being like, "Oh, should I buy now? What should I do?" <laughs> yeah, you know, the interesting thing is uh, for the mobile, it's Tiger Lake part. They, they, of course, we don't talk too much about laptops here, but the Tiger Lake mobile part, they're on their their CPU block map comparing with the Ice Lake. 10th gen versus the 11th gen Tiger Lake. They have a call that says PCIe 4 first time on uh, mobile CPU. <laughs> so Tiger Lake in laptops that will be coming out in September as well will have PCIe 4 for the discrete graphics. So that to me implies that Z will be Z DG1s in laptops will be PCIe 4, but desktops won't have it and that's probably where they're going to really need it more than anything. So it just yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the reason why desktop's coming out next year. They're going to wait until they add PCIe 4 Intel chips before they release PCIe 4 Z graphics cards. They're going to release them at the same time, maybe like uh, AMD did last year with the 7.7 thing. Maybe. I mean, there's just so many, who knows, there's so many balls in the air. It feels yeah. like, you know, the, the other thing is just, there's so much news dropped by Intel. The other thing is they're doing DDR5 and PCIe 5 on server parts next year. So... They're actually going to do it. They'll be, well, unless AMD break, beats them to it first, but they will have DDR5 and PCIe5 on their high-end server parts 
sooner rather than possibly beating AMD, but not on desktops. Not more enthusiasts kind of care about it. That was a long rambling answer. Hopefully it answered the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright. It's a tricky time. I really, it's really weird right now. Because, again, Ryzen chips are slower than Intel chips, but they have PCIe 4. It, it's just like, what? <laughs> you know, that's actually what I'm, I'm interested to see, cause that has improved from the original Zen launch to Zen Plus to Zen 2. The gaming performance has just gotten better. It was obviously yeah. clearly lacking with Zen, original Zen. It'll be interesting to see if the things that have always kind of handcuffed AMD and gaming sort of go away with the new Zen Zen parts mm-hmm. that come out because I you know I I was very fair saying it didn't really matter for most people if you had a, a you know uh, a Zen two part over an Intel part mm-hmm. if you're gonna for reasonable res- resolutions but I'm wondering there was always that game where it'd be like twenty percent slower and you couldn't figure it out why it's not necessarily clock speed I'm wondering if that's gonna kind of eventually. If that's going to be addressed, this this new part that's coming out with AMD, and then that yeah. that again would be really bad for Intel, right? Where that yeah. advantage that Intel architecture always had over AMD, if that goes yeah. away with the new Zen parts, yeah, okay, that's and no PCIe three. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's it for that was the last question, well, was, Willis. That was that was last. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, we're good for now. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Why don't you take us away, Gordon? All right. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the PC to the full nerd at pcworld.com. Also, please leave us a review at any of those services. Every time you do, someone introduces a new ray traced hardware card. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios, y'all. And Willis Lies can hit the off switch. Right, thanks for tuning in. Everyone stay safe and healthy out there. All right, bye. Mm-hmm.